you turn to the person next to you and tell them you're glad to see them here this morning. <laughs> now turn to the second choice and let them know they needed to be here this morning. Would you do that? <laughs> Luke chapter 24, if you have your Bible, and uh, I just want to, again, Pastor David, thanks for letting us come and be a part of your worship experience here. We've known you guys probably almost 20 years. I see some familiar faces, whether you went to Campbell University or you were in our student ministry or you may have come and helped us as we started Restoration Church almost 10 years ago. Either way, I'm glad that you're here. My wife, Nicole, I'm thankful for her. My two boys, uh, Caleb and Jacob, they're both single and ready to mingle and they'll be in the lobby afterwards signing Bibles. Uh, so if anybody's interested in that, you can catch them, and, uh, <laughs> and so you can, you can do that. Hey, we're going to be kicking off a message today called Jesus Is. Jesus Is, he looked at his disciples in Matthew 16, and uh, he said, who do you say that I am? And uh, I know maybe if you grew up in the Bible Belt or you grew up in church or you grew up with some flannel graph or maybe you've been a, a charter member of this church, you've been here all your life, you would say, oh, Jesus is God's son. But the question is, is does our response match up with the life that we live? Because it's easy to say something, but it's a whole nother level to live it, isn't it? Yeah, for all of us. So uh, as we get started, I need to know my audience a little bit. We had to go to, or I had to go in the Target last night. Uh, of course, I think it's the first ever time I've ever been able to go into Target without my wife. Y'all know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. Well, I went in there and I noticed there's a lot of Wolfpack stuff. And uh, Wolfpacks, are, are there any Wolfpackers in the room? I, all right, that's my wife. She's a Wolfpack fan. And uh, so I tolerate that. How about Wake Forest fans? <laughs> There's usually just one in the crowd, not even one here. Man, well, that, that's all right. How about my people, the Tar Heels? Anybody? Yeah, there we go. All right. All right, let's get started in our, in our work here. And did I forget one? Did I? <laughs> Any devils in the house? <laughs> Any of those? All right. Jesus usually casts them out, and uh, <laughs> we'd be happy to help you with that. Um, and I, I could go further. In, that's a different message, but we'll just, we'll just keep going. But about four years ago, there was a poll that was taken among college-age students. And it wasn't just a secular poll or a Christian poll. In fact, they did do two separate, and they found that the answer was the same in both realms. So I want to ask you this question. If you could think of one word to describe Jesus, what would that one word be? If you could think of that, think of it, keep it to yourself, and I'm coming back to you here in just a minute. One word to describe Jesus. You got it? Everybody got it? All right. Well, the overwhelming response of this group that was polled, and these are college-age students, again, four years ago, so now that those guys are out, they're married, they probably have children, and they're out and about right now. The number one answer is, Jesus is nice. Nice. You say, well, that's kind of shocking. It is shocking. 
In fact, it's terrifying because these are kids that probably hurt sat in a Sunday service just like this over and over and over again. They heard the name Jesus. They heard Bible stories. They make and quote it. Again, there may be some that aren't familiar with the Bible, but they know history. They've heard about Jesus. They know he was a great teacher, a prophet, whatever, but they overwhelmingly, the one word that returned was Jesus is nice. Now, I have a problem with that because Mr. Rogers is nice. The greeter at Walmart is nice. The mailman is nice. The barista at Starbucks is nice. Your kid's school teacher is nice. Hey, even your pastor is nice. I mean, come on, even he's nice. But this is God's son. No wonder why kids are leaving at an alarming rate. No wonder why they, they graduate or they go off to school and they're not interested in the things of God because their perspective of Jesus is that he is nice. And they relate Jesus with the guy next door. They relate Jesus with the, the person that they knew from high school. Hey, that guy, he was nice. But Jesus is far more than that. You remember uh, Andy on the Andy Griffith show, maybe you don't care, but remember when they were, they were telling uh, Gomer about, uh, uh, about the girl and they would say, oh, she's nice. And, and he'd be, well, tell me more. Is she pretty? Oh, she's nice, real nice. She's real nice. Well, that's the, the aspect or the mentality that people have about Jesus. I don't know about you, but Jesus died and rose again and lives forevermore. Jesus is more than nice. He is the Savior of the world. Jesus is alive. Now, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and there was a, a lot of things going on back then. There was wrestling. It's not wrestling. I know there's some Carryites in here, it's, but <laughs> it's wrestling when you were in the 80s it was wrestling and somehow it's evolved to wrestling <laughs> well I want to tell you when it was wrestling it was real can I get an amen right there <laughs> and then not only that but there was this documentary on TV that that followed two two cousins around and they were Bo and Luke Duke does anybody remember that a, a true documentary well, growing up in the 80s, we, we were taught by flannel graph. Anybody remember it was a felt board and you could peel off Jesus and, and put him over here and here's Moses and then here's David and they would just be sticking there on the board and, and there was no movement and, and Jesus always had the fluffy hair and the pressed robe and had this little sachet going down and, and, uh, and, and he always had his fingernails just, I mean, it was just, you know, Jesus, here he is, boom, there, and that was the projector of the day, I guess you could say. And, uh, and so anyway, we always had this mentality that Jesus was just, you know, he was always feathery hair and all that. He was, he was nice. But there's more to Jesus than that. And I remember the, the Sunday school teacher would, and you help me out here, the teacher would ask us questions. Who was born in a manger? And we would all say, Jesus, right? We, I mean, you can't just say Jesus. You got to stretch it out. Jesus. Let's all practice. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus. There we go. You got to stretch it out for it to be proper. Then they, they would ask, who fed the 5,000? We would say, Jesus. Yeah. Who gave sight to the blind? Jesus. Who rose again? Jesus. Who split the Red Sea? Jesus. Ah. <laughs> you see what happened? We get in our mind, oh, yeah, Jesus did that. Oh, yeah, Jesus did that. 
And you can come in every Sunday and they can sing about the reckless love of Jesus. And we can look at those words and say, oh yeah, I've heard this before. Or we can hear that tune and say, oh, I don't like this tune before. What? It's not about you. Who's it about? Jesus. Yeah. And it ought to awaken our hearts. Because he's more than just nice. He's the savior of the world. This is Jesus that we're talking about. He is the one that, that was arrested and went to the cross. And he was dead. And the leaders celebrated and Satan celebrated. And yet he got up out of the tomb. He rolled the stone away and he lives forevermore. That is the Jesus. And by the way, he, he predicted that. It didn't just happen. He told them, this is what's going to happen. And he made it happen. I think I'll stick with that guy. I think I'll stick with him. If he's going to predict it and then follow through with it, he must be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Well, Luke chapter 24 tells us this story. If, you're, if you have your Bible, it may be a familiar story if you grew up in, in church, but if not, you can go to the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, then Luke, and then Luke chapter 24. These guys were on the road to Emmaus. And the Bible says that that day, very, uh, verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Remember that, seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that, that, that had happened. Well, what had happened? Jesus was arrested. Jesus was brutally beaten. All of his disciples scattered. They ran in fear. Now the, the city's in turmoil. There's this huge debate about should he be crucified or should he have been crucified? He's dead. And man, Jesus had promised us that he was going to be the king of kings. He was going to set up his rule and reign. He was going to let us rule with him. There's going to be a Krispy Kreme on every corner. He promised us this. But now he's dead. And now these two followers, they were talking with the, each other about all these things that had happened while they were talking, discussing together. Jesus himself drew near. Now, I don't want you to miss this, but this is the same Jesus that was scourged so much that his guts, his organs were hanging out. They were exposed. His ribs were exposed. His eyes and forehead were pierced with the crown of thorns. He'd been beaten with a stick. His beard had been plucked from his face. And the Bible describes him as you, wouldn't, you would look at him and wouldn't even think that's a man. It's a piece of meat hanging from a wooden cross. And here is Jesus. Now let me tell you, his appearance wasn't what I just described. His appearance had been made new. Why? Because he had overcome death, hell, and the grave. That's the Jesus we're talking about. But he went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. We don't know if he just confused them a little bit or if he had a certain mask on or a certain uh, garb that he was wearing or if the sun was shining in a certain particular manner. But he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Things are big. This is a deep discussion. And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem who does not know these things that happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they began to tell him about this. But I see here, first of all, in the scripture, he asked them, well, How are things going? 
Are you guys all right? Because the discussion here seems sad. There's something about your conversation that it's negative. You're worried. You're frustrated. Can I ask you this morning, how are you doing? How are you doing? I, I, now, look, I know where I'm at. I know some of you are, are, are Duke fans, and I know some of you are God's people, and you're Tar Heel fans, and I know that you're Wolf Packers, and I know some of you are young, some of you are old. But I want to ask you this. How are you doing? Let's imagine me and you at the Cracker Barrel, just me and you. We just asked the waitress to bring us another bowl of gravy and a funnel for that gravy. And you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to hide behind. I mean, this morning, man, you all but cussed your wife and kids when you walked in the door. Like, come on, we got to get to church. Come on. And then we walk in and we say, hey, brother, good to see you. How are things going? Oh, good, good. Hey, we're all good. No, you're not. You're messed up. You don't know me. Yeah, I do. You're just as messed up as I am. Some of you are addicted. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care if it's food. I don't care if it's pride, envy, materialism. Right now, some of you are shopping on Amazon. Come on. I know you. Yeah, y'all are the same as my church people. They've already filled up a basket. It'll be at the house by the time they, they get home from eating lunch. Yeah, we got stuff, don't we? We have stuff in our life. And I want you to encounter a Jesus that's saying, hey, how are you really? Because until you get, behind the, or get beyond this church facade that we can have easily because we walk in, our hair's nice, we're dressed nice, and we say all the right things, some things in our heart need to be exposed, need to be discussed. That's why God said in James, hey, your, your forgiveness comes when you ask for forgiveness, 1 John, but your healing comes when you share it with man. And it doesn't happen unless you share it with man. We all need some healing in the room. So let's be, nothing your pastor would want more than to, for you to be real and be honest so that we can get real with God and he can take us from where we are to where we need to be. And that's exactly what he's doing right now with these men. God knows you. He wants you to be real with him. They began to explain what happened to Jesus. He was amazing. He had, we'd hoped for this. In fact, verse 21, they say these words. Listen to this. Uh, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. So what had happened? They lost hope. And I'm telling you, since 2019, 2020, 2021, there is a generation and a group of people that have lost hope. And you don't have to turn the news on very long, and you will begin to lose hope. That's why I don't watch the news. If I need to see something, I go specifically to it and say, hey, what's happening? I don't want to hear all that junk. And if you listen to that, your hope will be dis diminished. You need to tune in more to this than, than the news station, than WRAL. Listen to them more so. Put your phone down and quit scrolling and listen to what God says and your hope will be restored. They had lost hope. That may be you in the room. Look, I've seen it. And maybe you're feeling there's no hope for my marriage. Hey, there's no hope for my kids. They've gone too far. There's things in my life that I shared the gospel with a guy two weeks ago. He had gotten out of prison the day before he came up to our church parking lot wanting something. He was wanting a job. This man uh, went to prison. He was in prison with jelly roll. 
If you know who Jelly Roll, that's his claim to fame. And he said, here, Jelly Roll gave me that tattoo, all right? Anybody know Jelly Roll? Maybe it's just me, my boys, we're Googling. Uh, and, and he said, I was in prison for murdering someone. I said, oh, amen, amen, good to see, glad. <laughs> but you know, I shared Jesus with him, and the man didn't even know that Jesus went to the cross and died for him. He had no clue. And he kept saying, why would he do that? Why would he do that? Does he, he doesn't know me. And he kept saying that. He, he doesn't know the, the stuff that I've done. I said, oh, yeah, he does. He doesn't care if you killed somebody, just as long as you don't kill me, we can continue this conversation. <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. He said, my own mom's never told me that she loved me, and you're telling me that God loves me? I said, you better believe it. And by the time he left there, I could see a little bit of hope. And I said, Chico, you come back to see me. I got your number, I'm gonna call you. I'm coming after you, in a good way. Just don't come after me, okay, whatever you do. <laughs> But he had no hope. And maybe you're saying, look, my kid's too far. My job, my finances is too... Let me tell you something. You are not too far gone. The situation's not too far gone. Remember who we're talking about? We're talking about Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is God's Son, God Almighty. He hears you, He knows you, and He answers our prayers. Oh, and He's coming after us. And He'll knock down those walls. Man, He'll come after you. I remember we first started restoration in Greensboro. We couldn't sell our house. We already shared that story. And things didn't turn out the way we had hoped for. You ever felt like that? <laughs> like, this isn't what I really expect. I never expected to adopt, to assume an older church that doesn't look like us. You want to talk, talk about some meetings? They don't get it. That's why they were dying. And yet we've seen God do amazing things. We never planned to start a church. We never planned to assume a church, to adopt a church. We never planned that. But yet God is still in control. He knows you. He loves you. He knows what, and he's still at work in your life, even if you cannot see it. You can be confident in that. Aren't you glad, by the way, that his ways are not our ways? There's a great theologian, I think his name was Garth Brooks, said, I, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Didn't he say that? If you don't think so, do you remember your girlfriend back in ninth grade? Come on, somebody. Y'all remember that? Yeah, thank God that, that he didn't answer that prayer. Verse 22, moreover, some women in our company amazed us. Look at the woman next to you and tell her that she's amazing. Would you do that right now? Now, you need to turn, is that, yeah, is that your sister? Okay, you can tell her she's amazing, it's okay, I'm sure you need to. She lives with you, okay? They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, I love that those ladies were first. They came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said, <laughs> notice the, the kind of skepticism. They came back, they were saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those were with us, went to the tomb and found it just, at, just as, hey, it, just as the women had said. We kind of doubted it, but just as the women had said, 
but him they did not see. Friends told them this, but they were not convinced. But look at what Jesus' response was in 25. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then he began with Moses and he broke down the scriptures. Wouldn't you love to be in that conversation? And he was saying, all right, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Old Testament, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. All the way through saying, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. And they couldn't believe it. And in verse 29, the Bible says that they compelled him. Like they did all but holding back forcefully. They began, please stay, please. Almost to the point of just dragging him back. Man, we'll feed you. Man, we, we just got some fresh briars, Oreo ice cream. You got to stay. It's going to be an awesome night together to eat. Jesus agreed once they threw out the briars. You got, look, you got to study the Greek to get stuff like that. The Bible says that he stayed. When they gathered, he ended up blessing the, flu, the food. And I don't know how he did it. I don't know if it was his words because he was so connected with the Father. You ever met somebody that was so connected with the Father that they were just different? You know, that's not for the other person. That's for every person. You can be different by connecting with the Father. Man, that love that he has for you. Every day he wants you to come up and sit in his lap and let him tell you how much he loves you. He didn't want to hear about all the things you've done to serve him. He just wants you. He loves you. Stay with us. Maybe you're here today, you say, I don't even know why I'm here. Mom made me. I don't like church, and here you are, and you want to know more about Jesus. Jesus went in the home, they were eating, and he broke that bread, whether there was his prayer or his motion or whatever took place, and immediately they said, this is Jesus. More fully, listen to verse 32, look at what they said, and we're landing the plane. Are y'all ready? Or y'all want me to keep going? You don't want me to do either, all right? So we'll just, we'll just stand here, look at each other. <laughs> He vanished from their sight, verse 32, and they said to each other, did, listen to these words, did not our hearts burn within us? Did not our hearts burn within us while he was here? While he was here, when Jesus is alive and near, he turns beating hearts into burning hearts. The guy said, look, our hearts, didn't you feel his peace? Didn't you feel his presence? Didn't you sense it was different? We felt more alive than ever before. There's a huge difference between a beating heart and a burning heart, isn't it? You see, in this room we have beating hearts. If not, call 911. We all have a beating heart. That means you can clock in for work. That means you can pay your bills like a normal person. That means you can go through the motions of being married to someone you don't even cherish anymore. Your beating heart, you can mindlessly scroll through hours and hours and hours of social media a day. You can be sucked in by video games and have your face in a screen day after day like a normal person. But I'm grateful for a beating heart. Don't get me wrong. If it's beating, you can do all of these things That's no, that normal people do but Jesus didn't die so that we would be normal 
He died so that you and I could have abundant life. And if you know Jesus Christ, if you're not experiencing the abundant life, then you haven't been consumed by who Jesus really is. You're just walking down the road to Emmaus. Your hope is lost. Things are bad. It's a Monday every day. For the believer, Monday, we ought to be just as excited about Monday as we are Friday. Why? Because we get to tell people about Jesus. My company, whoever it is, whether it's Walgreens or Walmart or law offices or building places, they pay me to tell others about Jesus. Woohoo! It's Monday! What if you walked in like that? Well, how do I get to that point? You're, you're, you're consumed with who Jesus is. Not just, oh yeah, I know he died. No, no, no. You let it take hold of your life and your heart becomes burning instead of just beating. Romans 6, 4 through 5 and verse 11, you can look, up, look at it later. We can celebrate our death. Oh yeah, brother, I got saved when I was 10 years old. I got saved when I was in college. I walked the aisle, gave my heart and life to Christ. Well, you can celebrate that, but what about today? Because the gospel doesn't just work for when you get saved. It works for me right now that I follow Christ. And it's all new that he loves me that much. And I can be just as overwhelmed now as I was then. Where are the believers that their hearts are burning for Jesus? They're on fire for Jesus. Do you want this? I, I want it. I, I raise both hands. I, I don't want just a beating heart. I want a burning heart. Heart. I don't want to just be existing and living a normal life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. I want to experience his fullness. If he's the God that can do that, I want to experience that. If he said, my life is no longer, but my life is in you and through you and as you, if that's so, then my life should look totally different than what it did before I met Christ. Be grateful for a beating heart, but long for that burning heart. Set our hearts on fire, fully alive. So what happened? Verse 33, and they arose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon! Exclamation point. They didn't say, well, I guess we better go get, get with the other believers. Here we go. My favorite TV show's on. I'm going to be missing it. Oh, we got to go do that. Yeah, they got, they're packing some boxes together. I guess we have to go do that. No, come on, we get to do that. Can you imagine when they, when they were going those seven miles? It was, a, it was a treacherous, discouraging walk, wasn't it? Jesus even heard it in their conversation. For seven miles, they were discouraged. Their hope was lost. Can you imagine the next seven miles when they had to turn back? I don't know if there's any runners in the house. I run to the fridge once or twice a week, try to miss or beat my boys to whatever snacks are in there. But I can imagine these guys ran back. They ran back to Jerusalem. Guys, you will believe it. We saw Jesus. So when you meet Jesus, he turns the mundane into mission. You say, well, I got to go greet people out in the parking lot on Sunday morning. I'm just here changing diapers for the glory of God. I'm helping those daggone teenagers. I, I'm doing this, or I got to set up chair, run the sound, whatever. I'm doing this. Oh, wait a second. 
No, when Jesus is alive, it takes a mundane pushing the floor. Now I get to do this for Jesus. Come on, somebody's going to walk in the house that's never been here before, and they're going to look and say, man, those floors are clean. Look how clean those floors. Those people are different. It's way different. Walmart, I could eat off these floors. Not that I would, but I could if I wanted to. What happened? There was someone who turned the mundane into a mission. Well, I'm just changing a diaper. No, you're not. You're providing an opportunity for someone to hear the gospel. You're praying over this little baby who desperately needs prayers in the, 20, in the year 2022. What you're doing is not mundane. It's missional. Your mission's right there. Celebrate. Connect. Contribute. Together, we thrive. We hadn't got to the best yet. And I could go on and on. What else do you want me to tell them while I'm up here? Come on. Hey, it's not just doing these things. We get to do this because Jesus is alive and he turns the mundane into mission he turns Mondays into mission don't clap I'm getting ready to step on your toes because some of y'all you're like oh tomorrow's Monday no he turns a Monday to mission he turns Tuesday to mission hey he turns this lunch this afternoon I don't know where we're going but it's going to be good he turns even eating lunch into mission you like fishing you like hunting I like old cars and fishing that's my thing. And sometimes my heart gets to burning for that. But you know what? It doesn't take long for it to smolder. It doesn't take long for it to smolder in that. But guess what? I've learned when I take those things that I enjoy doing and I turn it into mission, man, it opens all kinds of doors. I used to have a 1965 Volkswagen bus. I love that thing. We sold it at the, in the pandemic, during the pandemic. I love that thing. It was awesome. I could squeeze in driving it all you could see was my shoulders in that thing taking up the front front part of it but every time I'd stop at the gas station some guy would come up to me oh we used to have that I used to have one of those anybody have one of those yeah a lot of you you rode it in a Beetle or a Volkswagen bus and they oh I used to have that and they told me I've heard all kinds of stories if you can imagine uh, Volkswagen bus stories I mean I've heard them all and uh, and I'd say you know what Glad to share that. That old bus was like my life. Somebody rescued that bus 15 years ago. It was headed for the heap. It was a rust bucket. Somebody restored it, fixed it up, and today I'm driving it. If it hadn't been for that person, this thing would have been done for. So you know what? That's kind of like me. If it hadn't for, been for Jesus restoring me, I'd have been done for. Jesus changed my life. Have a great day. And they'd be like, oh, <laughs> I was just talking about a Volkswagen. <laughs> Jesus, what? what? And I just turned the mundane, it was a gift to us, to our family, just turned the mundane into something missional that made a difference for Jesus. You can do that. When Jesus was killed, all of his followers were scattered. But after they saw him for who he really is, they didn't care what happened. They had a mission. All of them were willing to die for him after they saw him for who he really was. Why do we say what we do? Why do we do this? Because we want you to see who he really is. For me, how would my life change? Would, it, would I still worry if I saw Jesus raised from the dead? Would I still chase after things if I knew that Jesus is alive and, and rose from the dead? Would I still care what people think? Would it change the way that I forgive people? If it was really Jesus alive, how much more joy would I have? The way that I love people, including those that annoy the crap out of me. 
Would it change the way that I do? You better believe it would. Would I want to reach more people than ever before? Wouldn't Jesus do this? It's the center of what we believe. It's not just the center of what we believe, but it is the power of what we believe. He rose again from the grave. Now you and I can have that same power in our hearts and our prayer is that every heart would be captivated by who Jesus really is. Jesus isn't just nice. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to show you this one picture as we close, or two pictures. One is of your pastor. Maybe I'm sure he's showing it to you. Um, is it up there? Yeah. Look at him like, yeah. Hey. Don't mess with me. My Lord got up out of here. Yeah. Yeah, we got to go to Israel together. And, and uh, he said, take this picture for me. So I took that picture. And, and what, what, I mean, look how photogenic that guy is, right? I mean, isn't that amazing? Y'all, come on, give it up for your pastor. Look. Yeah. What else did you want me to, you want me to tell him something else about you? Or, all right. And so I was, I was the one dedicated to stand out front. All right, who else want to pick? All right. Well, there was one more. Go to the next one. And uh, that's another bald-headed guy. It's not your pastor. That's another pastor. And, uh, but this guy here in the blue shirt. Uh, and and after, after I took the picture, he said, oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get in the picture. Well, I never deleted that picture, and I'm glad I didn't. Because little less than a year from that, when that picture was taken, Ken, right there in the blue shirt, there at the bottom, went to see Jesus face to face. He was a pastor. And can I tell you that the fact that Jesus is alive, the tomb is empty, impacted that man right there. And so now Ken is alive more so than he ever was before. But I wanted to show you that because I think sometimes we think, well, the fact that Jesus is alive means I can have hope, and if I trust in him, I'll have a home in heaven. That is true. But what's even true just the same is that from, from a believer's standpoint, we can have life today. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. In fact, I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. I want to experience Jesus fully right here. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're in the room. You don't know Jesus as your Savior.